0: Hey everyone, welcome to Talking With Our Full. I'm Michael Chan.
1: And I'm Nanyan Nguyen. Welcome to our third Pandemic Era episode, which is also, drumroll please.
0: Bada bada bada, bada 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 bada
1: Our 25th episode! <laughs> Woo! The Big 2-5! Anyway, yeah. I am happy to be hearing from many of you who are all staying at home. Thank goodness. Please practice physical distancing or uh, stay two meters away from everybody. Or just stay home. Also, it's great to know what you're binging on Netflix. We got people saying that you've been watching Tiger King, La Casa de Papel, also known as Money Heist, and many others. What have you been watching, Michael?
0: Actually, Tiger King is what I just finished uh, binging. But I've also been uh, watching AEW Wrestling, SNL, John Oliver, oh, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's one of my favorite shows. Have have you seen that? Very nice.
1: Yes, I've been watching Brooklyn.
0: So what else have you uh, have you been doing during the pandemic?
1: I have been staying home, been reading, been mostly staying offline, really, just living a semi-almish lifestyle. Yeah. I,
0: I I haven't. I've I've gone full digital. I've actually turned into a Twitch streamer. Yeah. My handle is Super Dupe fifteen Q and I do streams where I eat food, I unbox stuff. And I play video games like Borderlands 3 and Magic The Grattering Arena. But I play very poorly. I'm, like, really bad at video games. So, you know, if you really want to watch someone fail at being a video gamer and a Twitch streamer, Superdupe 15 q come watch me. I also want to talk a little bit about the canadian isolation film festival hosted by mancasting ebossed and stay at home heroes canada it is screening on may 9th at 8 p.m eastern time google the film festival it's absolutely wonderful people are submitting films that are three minutes or less uh, all made while in isolation and it's free so yeah google it And come watch I've actually uh, already submitted film I'm really excited about it hopefully we at least get screened maybe when I don't know there are a lot of submissions but anyway one thing I've also been doing is ordering food for takeout uh, for delivery Because I've been using my time to find new places to eat and I recently struggled when I tried this place called Grillgate, which is where I got food from today. So, Grillgate, they call themselves an ethnic barbecue-based kitchen that serves up comfort food like burgers, fries, kebabs, and their popular Philly Steak Sandwich. They first opened in February of 2018 in North York at 832 Shepherd Avenue West, and then opened their second location in 2019 in Richmond Hill at 10185 Young Street, Unit 3, which is the one I ordered from today. So what did I get? Well, since I loved it last time I had it, I got the Philly Steak Sandwich, which has a sliced 8-ounce ribeye, magic mushrooms, sautéed onions, special sauce that has a yogurt base, and mozzarella cheese that's perfectly melted into the meat. So, while I dig in, Knight, you have a history bite?
1: Yes! So, did you know that the Philly cheesesteak was actually founded in Philadelphia? What? okay so now we know that so I know this is about the cheesesteak but there's still an interesting story so according to Philadelphia's tourism site a man named Pat Oliveri invented the cheesesteak in the 1930s he was a hot dog vendor who decided to grill some beef and put it on an Italian roll and a cab driver upon smelling it was like hey I want a steak sandwich so then the rumor mill starts Binning and drivers everywhere went to Oliveri's for steak sandwiches. And then Oliveri eventually opened up Pat's King of Steaks, and then cheese was added to the mix in the 1940s by his manager, Joe Lorenza. So it seems really fitting at this time. It is definitely our drivers out there who help us with delivering food and perhaps introducing us to new food.
0: No, absolutely. I'm really, really thankful to all the uh, drivers out there who are making these deliveries. They, are taking a risk doing their jobs. So thank you, thank you very much. So back to it of food, this Philly stick sandwich is just as good as last time. The meat is just really, really tender. Whatever's in their sauce outside of yogurt is just amazing. Um, they don't put too much sauce into the sandwich, so it's not like overpowering. And then the cheese, like I said earlier, it's like perfectly melted in there. Now, you cannot really eat this with your hands. This is one of those sandwiches that has so much stuff in it that you have to use a knife and fork. At least that's what I'm doing at home. Uh but yeah, it's absolutely delicious and I highly recommend it. Mmm So, we actually have a guest today. night you want to always him? have a
1: guest. <laughs> Alrighty. So he is a triple threat. He is an actor, tap dancer, and singer. But he also has other superpowers. Did you know that he's actually a super genuine and friendly guy? Ever like you see him, you talk to him, he is so nice. I I love calling him my friend. Yeah. He is. That but amazing. he also has
0: another superpower. His ability to grow facial hair is something I am super jealous of. Damn you! Damn you and your amazing genetics!
1: Alright, welcome, Timothy Yang! Woo!
0: Hey Tim! Thank you. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good.
2: How are you guys doing? I uh, well I'm
0: We're I'm enjoying my um uh, philly cheesesteak so hey are you a fan of philly cheesesteaks
2: you know i've uh in my lifetime i think i've only tried it once uh when i was in, uh, living in new york city and uh it was from what i recalled i think it was it was pretty it was pretty uh good there was there was a place that um specialized in it so yeah i, I did i did quite enjoy the the philly cheesesteak but that was like the only time that i've ever had one though.
0: So. well you know what once the pandemic is over you and i and night we should go for uh, philly cheesesteak sandwiches over at Grillgate. gate at grill gate all
2: right all right so all right. what sandwiches do you like sandwiches um i mean i'm i'm <laughs> uh, i'm a I'm a pretty simple guy so like just a, like a ordinary peanut butter sandwich actually the um the uh uh bun may is actually pretty good i like I like the Vietnamese uh Bun me sandwich
1: i was just thinking that you read my mind
2: <laughs> i love bun mi absolutely love it and uh yeah I, I i used to i used to bring that to to school uh when i was younger oh, yeah? Like, yeah yeah like it was like like uh we would go like to the asian grocery stores and we would like stock up for the whole week it would just be like bun mi for lunch bun mi for lunch bun mi for lunch <laughs> and that, that, like that was like the extent of Like my lunch, and then sometimes my mom would give me money and be like, "Okay, go, you know, go buy your own, own stuff because you might be sick of eating this." But uh, I did, I did enjoy that quite a bit. So, speaking of your childhood,
0: where were you born?
2: I was actually born in Hong Kong. Oh, yes.
0: And is Uh, that where you grew up?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I I was born in Hong Kong, uh, grew up there, and I moved to Toronto when I was five years old.
0: Was the transition from life in Hong Kong to life in Toronto difficult for you or did you find it easy?
2: You see, I, I think I just didn't like, you know, remember much of Hong Kong to, you know, <laughs> to be quite honest because, you know, I was five and didn't really have much concept of of the world around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think like the transition at first it was it was kind of hard because it was just me and my mom uh, and my my dad was actually just going to stay behind and work Mm-hmm. And then he was going to send us money, right? And that and that was how I think my mom um, initially decided for us was that she wanted me to get out of the strict uh, Hong Kong like education system and and just you know bring me to a to like a quote unquote better place uh, so that I would have like you know a freer uh, like a freer education and and uh, whatnot and and have a different lifestyle. And my dad was just going to stay back there and work, but I just i really just couldn't leave my dad behind so i was like the quite literally the the night that i land that we landed in toronto i was like i I slept and then the next day i was like mom i miss dad like i I really i I really want him here so what we ended up doing was we actually got the next flight back to hong kong and then we had like we had to just convince my dad and be like hey let's you know let's just up and go and 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 uh move to, to toronto and uh Luckily, my aunt, so my aunt from my mom's side, was already living in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had a place to stay for, for a bit until we found, found our own place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that was pretty much... The only thing that, that I guess like, was a stumbling block was, was the whole my dad being back in Hong Kong. But it was, it was like you know, pretty seamless. It was like a come here and, <laughs> and then go back, grab my dad and come back. Type of thing. So,
0: did you learn English back in Hong Kong, or is that a language you learned when you came here?
2: No. So, uh, yeah. So, I never. I, I didn't learn any English when I was in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom knew English, but uh, she used it for for business and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I learned it uh, when I was when I came to Canada. But the thing was, I. I knew it, and I understood the language, but I refused to speak it until I think I was like seven or eight or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, like I was late. Like I just never, I just didn't want to like participate in any like speaking of it because I, like I just felt like at the time I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, forming correct sentence structures and whatnot, and I don't know if, you know, if I'm saying this correctly, what are these words, what do they actually mean, and at the time and it was also still just kind of like trans transitioning like cantonese into into um english and and vice versa and trying to just grasp the whole understanding of the language
0: mm mm-hmm. so how did you interact with other people then if you weren't really speaking or did you make some attempt i
2: i did make some attempt but um i like <laughs> surprisingly in like kindergarten um the teacher you know just called me a natural leader even though i i, I didn't really <laughs> speak much but i think mm-hmm. it was like the one or two words that i like felt confident in was like it it just i guess had an impact um i don't i don't remember quite remember what those words were but but yeah like uh, apparently just had had um impact um and he was he was like he was like oh t- you know timothy timothy's a natural leader and uh He's, um, like, helping other uh, kids, uh, you know, learn in in, in the class as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom was so surprised because she knew, like, I didn't want to speak any English. And she was like, so, like, how are you, you know, helping them with this, right? But, like, it was easy for me to make friends because a lot of the people there were also people that, like, kids that just came from Hong Kong mm-hmm. so like we had that similarity so I, I would speak to them like softly in Cantonese and be like this is what this word means okay so like you know say like say it like this and, and that and then so I guess the teacher saw that as well and, and, and uh, just was like oh okay he's you know he's good at helping people and helping underst- like people understand what is going on in class and stuff
0: did you find it easy to make non-Chinese friends, or did you predominantly stick to the Chinese ones?
2: Oh my gosh! Um, so growing up, I didn't even I didn't even realize that there were uh, non-Chinese people in the in the <laughs> class. No, like like I like it was. It felt like it was. I was still like the majority because like the whole class. I think there were like only like two or three Caucasians in the class, and the rest of us were like like Hong Kong immigrants.
0: So, whereabouts were you living at that time in Toronto?
2: At the time, I was living at um, Young and Finch, um, uh, um, Pemberton area. I went to uh, McKee uh, Public School. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like slightly off, like where uh, Earl Hag is. If, if you know for the listeners who are listening and on this and who know where Earl Haig might be, it's it's close. It's close by to, to that school. So was this in the nineties? Sorry, I'm not sure
0: of your age, so... Yeah, yeah,
2: in 90s. In, uh, so 90, I want to say 96, 96, 97? 96, right.
0: 97, yeah. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because back then, what a lot of people might not know is that the young and Finch area nowadays is predominantly mm-hmm. Korean. But there was yeah. a time when it was very Chinese, and actually I live there... I actually moved there with my parents, I think, in 1987, like, Mm -hmm. to Elmwood, which is across from Mel Lastman Square, which used to be North York City Hall before it got amalgamated into Toronto.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and that was around when North York was, or that area of North York was starting to become more and more Chinese. Yeah, Yeah. So, okay, cool. At least now I know I have a timeline for you.
2: Yeah. And then, yeah, so after 96, 97 was, uh, we, uh, so I got out of McKee, and I went to, uh, we moved, we moved to the area that, that we're currently living now at and Leslie, um, and we went, uh, and I went to an uh, elementary school called Cresthaven Public School. Mm-hmm.
0: So switching gears just a little bit to life at home, since your family's from Hong Kong, yeah. did you... Did you find that you guys tried to like integrate, so bring some of the more Canadian or Western culture into your home? Or did you stick to uh, predominantly like, for example, speaking Chinese, cooking Chinese food, uh, consuming media from Hong Kong, let's say?
2: Yeah. So actually growing up, I had I had both because along with my dad actually came my grandparents as well. And so when they came, they, you know, they don't know. They don't know English. And it was. A little too late for them to to learn it so mm-hmm. what they really wanted was the, the the Hong Kong or the Chinese channel uh, on TV and uh, so at nighttime at nighttime it was it was like their time and so they, they would always watch like Cantonese TVB dramas and uh, all that stuff so I got to watch that but I also got to you know watch the uh, like you know our Canadian uh what do you call it t v o kids and and all that stuff uh, but no, but at at home, I speak Cantonese to my dad and then a little bit of Chinglish to my mom <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, just because my dad doesn't know English till till this day he just refused to learn and, and and that's that's not out of his like own like you know uh like stubbornness or or whatever it is that uh he he refuses to learn because he wants me to preserve the Cantonese language.
3: Mm-hmm
2: so that i can speak with him but even like afterwards that i i'll I'll still know enough cantonese that i could pass that language on to my kids if i do decide to have any in the future
0: and do you still speak cantonese now like fluently
2: i do yes yes Uh, and and i find that to to also be like you know super beneficial like i can use that as like a, a tool almost uh sometimes it it can it can definitely help me in in some situations
0: so right now i notice you have no accent when you speak english did you ever yeah. have one when we you were young
2: I, I see i don't know actually um i i never i never thought uh that i did some people tell me that i do have uh, an accent speaking english uh, some people tell me that i don't so i <laughs> i really i really can't tell I Wait, really don't know right
0: now like still people yeah, think yeah, you have yeah. an accent. Yeah, like
2: like my my best friend that I I uh, grew up with he says he says that I have an accent. He's like he said like, I can hear a slight bit of an accent. He's like uh, mainly because like you know he grew up like he grew up with me um but for people that just know me I guess like they don't really hear it much hmm. I guess. I don't know. I I think it might be the way that I say certain words that you might just be well, like you hey, do you say
0: aunt but then you're yeah. from Hong Kong, yeah. and there they teach British English. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What about food? Did you uh, did your parents cook Chinese food at home?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So that's 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 always ha- has been a a, a a staple in this household, and it, it's uh, it's always just <laughs> you know Chinese food. But growing up, it's like you know uh, fries, you know burgers, you know like chips and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it's like um. You know, every every Sunday after church would be like close close by would be a Burger King, right? And mm-hmm. it was just like, holy crap! Like, what what is this? Like, I, I remember having you know McDonald's you know in Hong Kong when I was a kid, but like Burger King, like what is what is this, right? Like you know, getting that getting that uh, Whopper Juniors, you know, fries, you know, like the the um, softy or whatever it was, um, that ice cream uh, thing, whatever. Oh yeah, the, the Sundays. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Sundays, and you, just like you know, just uh, like biting into it, and I was like craving that every single Sunday. It was like after church, it was just, can we go to Burger King? Can we go to Burger King? And uh, you know, my dad's like, no, 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 no. Like, like you know, we can't go every Sunday because <laughs> that's that's just ridiculous. So, but um, it's he's strictly about Chinese food at home, like. Uh, you know, uh, one time where I'm like, oh, dad, I'm I'm really craving pizza. He's like, what, you know, what good is pizza? Blah, 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 it doesn't even taste good. Uh, I can make better pizza than that. And he comes, te- you know, tells me to come to dinner. And I'm like, oh, I'm excited, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, we're eating pizza tonight. Get into the kitchen and uh, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the, um, uh, what do you call it? The onion. Um, oh, the, fri- the fried onion, onion pancake. Yeah, the fried onion pancake. He's like, this is pizza. <laughs> This is Chinese pizza. I was like, "Wait, what? What is this?" Uh, I'm like, "I'm like, Dad, like, no, like, I wanted pizza, like, with like the cheese and like, you know, like all that stuff." And then like, before, uh, and then after that was like, um, but yeah, it was uh, predominantly uh, Chinese food mm-hmm. all around. Um, occasionally, we we would spoil ourselves with like uh, Canadian or American food, uh, but that was that was very very. Uh, little and like it was and and I was a, uh, also like a weird kid like my my parents would always make dishes with lots and lots of like veggies like it was just like vegetable this vegetable this ve- like broccoli this and bok choy this and like I would always mostly finish all the veggies and then have like you know little to no pieces of meat almost mm-hmm. and um so like that that's the part that I enjoyed most about like the homemade, like, Chinese food was, like, all the vegetables that, that is at your disposal, whereas opposed to, like, you know, your Americanized or Canadianized um, foods is less of that. Um, when when you're thinking about, like, the standard American diet or or whatever it is, is, like, you know, burgers and pizzas. Fries. fries. Fries are, your, and,
0: but, and fries are fries. the vegetables.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, right? And then, like, that little piece of lettuce that's on the burger. Yeah, but, like... I didn't really much enjoy that as much as I did, like you know, just munching on that on that sweet bok choy. There's 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 just something about it that for me I was just like, oh man, I could just eat that all day long, and not get bored of it.
0: I love baby bok choy, especially if you simmer it with garlic.
2: Yes, Mm. the the restaurants just do it so well. I don't know how they They do it. They do. It's just so addicting. I'm like, I, I if. This pandemic wasn't, you know, a thing. I would just like gather with a bunch of friends and just order like, you know, five dishes of it and just chow down on that. Like, I, I, I could just go crazy on on bok choy. It's ridiculous. I love um, it. I love, it.
0: I love um, bok uh, bok choy, obviously, but also um daomiu. Yes. Honestly, I good. don't know what is that. What is that in English?
2: I see. I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but I, I know what I know what you're talking about.
0: Are they um? Snow pea leaves. I'm trying to think of it in my head.
2: I think I
0: think they are. Yes. Did you have that growing up as well?
2: Yeah. So like everything, um, everything like traditional Chinese. Oh, and when my when my grandparents were uh, still here, rest in peace. Um, when they were still here, uh, it was it was dim sum every single Saturday.
0: Oh my God! Same here. I, yeah. I, my parents weren't here, but my yeah, my family we went uh, for dim sum every weekend, every Saturday.
2: It was every Saturday, and we would we would go to dim sum, and like my favorite things were the um the they uh, called cheng fun mm, um, and rice it, rolls, and like yes, rice rolls, yeah, exactly. Uh, and those and those things were just so addicting. It's just like just I don't I don't know. It's it's I think it's just water and flour, but it's. <laughs> i just don't know what they do with it but it it tastes so good do you like Um, the plain ones or with meat oh the plain ones and then you just dip it in that hoisin sauce with peanut butter the
0: peanut sauce yes
2: Peanut sauce with the with the um hoisin sauce and just mix it up together dip it i would have like you know two three dishes of that and then i would order like the the um thing the the rice that Mm -hmm. comes in that um bamboo leaf
0: yes oh my god the the sticky rice and lotus leaf or bamboo leaf
2: Yes, yes, and then um, also the um, har so like the shrimp dumplings. Shrimp dumplings. I'm yeah. more of a fan
0: of sumai. the Shumai,
2: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The oh man, it's just talking about dim sum, like that's making me hungry.
0: <laughs> I'm also a huge fan of the uh, curry um, curry
2: cuttlefish. Oh yes, yes. Those those things are those things are good too. Um, the curry cuttlefish. Yeah, it was it was it was very enjoyable. My my grandparents also just didn't want. Like anything else other than than Chinese food, mm-hmm. um, so it was always, and and because they were living with us um, uh, at the time, so you know it was like at home that was all we made. And my my grandpa would sometimes treat us to homemade uh, dumplings and wontons, which was my favorite uh, growing up. It was just like oh, grandpa's making me making wontons. It was like two, three, maybe four big bowls of that, and just just stuffing my face, and I would be feeling full after that like I'm like oh, I have a food food baby but like you know but it was so good it was so worth it and it was like you know just when 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 grandpa was was making dumplings it was every everybody was just enjoying the the um, the, the dumplings we made and he would make like like hundreds that like we would like Wow from, from scratch too. like I'm talking about like he's rolling his own dough and then, you know, like, the ingredients, like, you would buy, like, two, three, like, maybe, like, two, three bags of, like, vegetables, two, three bags of, of uh, the ground pork, two, three bags of, you know, whatever else is, is in it. And he was just, like, going at it. And it's, like, a whole day affair. He'll just make a bunch of dough, you know, and my mom would, like, wrap it along with my grandmother. And it was just, like, this, it was just this family affair from, like, like, in the morning time, you wake up, to like dinner time you know there's some of them are still going at it and then we would be eating and there's still some like so much stuff left over that they're still rapping and they're eating and they're rapping and it's just good conversation and then like you know it's just uh you know and the TV's on and it just it was it's just very reminiscent of like you know Hong Kong um culture and like that's one of the things that i remember growing up was uh like you know going over to my to my aunt's place and uh, my dad's on uh, my dad's side like uh it was just the conversation and food and and the TV just blaring in the background you know with TV like with dramas and and whatnot and it was like loud talking and and smoking and and you know drinking and just you know kids running around like that was very like reminiscent of that and so I was like oh okay like we still have parts of that that, that we bring into you know our household and
0: so have you learned any of those Chinese cooking skills for yourself?
2: <laughs> oh man I see I wish I did um, but i'm I'm very very lazy around the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, I wish i I had my dad's like patience in terms of like you know the kitchen stuff and making good food like my dad has when it comes to to the kitchen like he well, he he learned he learned from um, his mom and his mom uh, worked at a restaurant. So, um, and she was like the head chef or something like that. So oh, wow. she like yeah. So you know she passed it on to my dad and my dad learned from you know obviously the best. And so um, yeah, he like he's very good around the kitchen. But I I just get too lazy with like stuff marinating and like I gotta wait how long for this to cook and. I'm like, I just want to eat food. I just want it now. I want it, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, uh, the I think one of the traditional things that I still know to make that I actually enjoy doing would be making, like, dumplings and wontons.
0: Ooh. I wish yeah. I knew how to make those.
2: They're uh, – <laughs> see, at first, like, I make I make them – really ugly, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're not really, you know, looking at it, right? It's not like a, uh, it's not an art gallery. So like, you know, as long as it's like all this stuff is contained within the wraps and, you know, you have a good time making it and you have a good time eating it, I think that's all that really counts. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I first started, I was like, like, it just turned out to be like this like weird just clump. And my mom's like, at least just try to make it, you know, look somewhat decent. (laughs) So, but, but, you know, with, with, with practice, you, you get it and there's like, um, uh, a, a method of actually, uh, doing it, uh, fast so that it's, I think it's like, uh, like two steps. You just fold it, put the water and then fold, uh, fold it in like you would, uh, how do you explain it? Like, you know how you do, um, bumping in, in volleyball, like how you have oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, it, it's just basically like that. And you're, you're just forming that, that hand posture. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that's, that's one, one rap, and then you go next, you do the same thing, and then uh, you keep going and going. So uh, with, throughout time, uh, I've gotten better at that, and uh, yeah, uh, still I quite enjoy doing that. If it's something I, I enjoy doing, I don't mind spending time on it, and mm-hmm. I, I'll actually you know, make it and eat it. So something
0: else then I assume you enjoy doing is acting, singing, and dancing. Yes, uh, was that something you always liked?
2: Uh, actually, funny, funny enough, I didn't find my I didn't find the uh, love for the profession until I think grade ten or eleven. Oh wow! Yeah, so I, I was never I was never for academics, like uh, academically speaking. You know, I was just never that bright of a kid. <laughs> um, so you're uh, not a
0: school Asian.
2: No, 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 no. I, I, was, I was never a school agent. I was never the... Well, I think if I was still in Hong Kong, uh, my parents would be way stricter. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, we moved to Canada, and my mom, I guess, had a bit of a freer uh, mind and freer thinking that, uh, you know, she she wasn't as strict on me, Al- although she she did want me to, you know, ha- have a good education and, and get good grades and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was just kind of like, well... <laughs> You tried your best and uh you know we'll just we'll just see what you know what ends up because they they weren't they weren't um school uh people either mm-hmm. um, you know my mom came straight into the like she had a uh, a limited thing of education, but my dad was like he started he started working when he was fourteen just like he reached fourteen and he was the oldest in his family of of seven and so he was like, okay, well, I gotta feed my younger brothers and sister, so I gotta go and work, right? And and he never had really had um, education, and most of the stuff that he learned was he learned from work, uh, and actually learning from doing. So he was never like a a, a school kid as well either. So homework wise, I w- I would have to figure things out by myself, and I wouldn't have that help um, that some you know kids are fortunate to have um like in terms of like you know a tutor or you know their parents being like yeah yeah you know i'll be able to assist you with this and as things got got harder my parents knowledge you know uh, of that subject dim- diminished because their their level of comprehension on that subject is you know just kind of they're like we we never touched on it we never learned it so i won't be able to help you and so m- me trying to figure it out was like uh I don't know what I'm doing uh, and I don't really pay attention that much in class and so yeah let's just put some random answers and hope it's right uh, <clears throat> no but so I found I found the passion for for this profession I think yeah in around uh, grade 10 grade 11 my first drama class in grade 10 no you know what I think uh, no that's uh that's, that's misleading no no, no. so uh, Actually in junior high was was when I first discovered like okay maybe you know like I I like I like being um the like the center of attention type of thing where I'm like oh I'm the class clown you know like I'm you know I'm I'm making jokes I'm making people laugh so I'm like okay cool so in drama class it was like I had this I had this time to like just be myself and be free and and like just try to make you know uh entertain people and uh, entertain my classmates and and be you know, that, that, that jokester that, that I was. And uh, so I, I think like, I, I enjoyed it so much, but I didn't think about that as like, oh, it's, it's, it could be a profession one day. I just like, I was like, okay, cool. And I want to do the school play. And it was Wizard of Oz at the time. So I was like, cool. let me, I'm funny. I could be the scarecrow. So I took on the scarecrow and I was like, oh, I, I enjoy performing in front of these people. Okay, cool. didn't think about, didn't think of it uh, after that. I was just like, uh, I was actually a lot more focused on playing basketball because I really enjoyed the sport and I I learned it and I was like okay cool let, let's let's play so I I joined the team and didn't end up having time for for that so it was kind of like a high school musical type of <laughs> type of thing where it's like you know he's trying to balance basketball and 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 doing the the, the play and stuff like that. And that's what, that's what really happened in, uh, in high school, actually, was, was uh, yeah, so grade 10, in, grade 10 and 11, I immersed myself more in, into drama, and they called it choir, choir class, and it was literally just, you go, you sing, and that's the class, and everybody in that class got 100, so I was like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's an easy course, I'm like, yeah, I'm signing up, I want 100, <laughs> that's going to look real good. Right, so I, I signed up for that, and uh, I was like, at, you know, to see, like, I'm like, oh, okay, so to see that 100 would make me feel so accomplished. Okay, so I'm signing up for that. And it was in that choir class that we started singing, like, musical theater uh, songs and, and duets and, and group uh, ensemble numbers that I really enjoyed. Oh, what, you know, what is this, what is this music, musical theater thing? And then, um, but um, at the same time, the the school was was putting on a musical called Grease, right? And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll I'll go I'll go and audition for it. Like I only I, I don't really know much, you know, music theater songs and, and stuff. I'll I'll just go audition and I'll sing. I I was able to carry a tune. I wasn't really a singer back in the <laughs> day, but it was just like I'm in choir class. I can hold a tune. Okay, so let's try you know singing and and auditioning for it. Ended up getting. Uh, the role of Danny, so I was like, okay, this is cool, this is, this nice. is pretty cool. Uh I was like, okay, alright, I'm 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 playing Danny Zuko in, in Greece, but then there was like a, a conflict, because I was also on the basketball team during the time of rehearsals, so I was like, oh, uh, uh, shoot, so do I, I'm like, what do I do? Do I, do I, uh, you know, skip out on basketball? Do I try to do both? Do I, you know, not tell one in, in, in Thing and then so I ended up what I ended up doing was um, telling telling production, I was like, Hey, like, listen, like, um, I'm on the basketball team, and but but they were like really understanding because you know, like, these were all like just extra uh, extracurriculars, mm-hmm. so they were understanding and they're like, Hey, you know, as soon as the season's done, which was like January ish, he's like, As soon as the season's done, just make sure that you're learning everything on you know by yourself, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you know once you jump into rehearsal we're gonna you know go at it and i was like okay cool the only experience that i had was during wizard of oz and that was not like a like that was literally like we sat around every single time just reading the script over and over and over and over and over again until we we got it into our our bodies and then Mm -hmm. the teacher would be like here you move here you move there you go here you go there Okay, all right. So this is this is how it is and then and that was that was literally like the extent of blocking and everything for for that. And so I was like uh, cool, so rehearsal, but this teacher was like like he was he was like a like a former director or something like that and he was like going like, "Okay, so uh you know, what what is, you know, like what is happening in this scene? Like can you, you know, try to break it down and like Like what is going on? Like I don't know. Like I thought I was just doing this for fun. Like I don't know. And then um, so from but but from that point on, I like I really I really took an interest to it, and I was like, okay, like this is this is cool. Like you know, do do people do this for a living and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And then my drama teacher in uh, in grade uh, grade twelve, my drama teacher. Uh, approached me uh, near near the near the end of of the the school year and approached me and was like hey there's this school that I really want you to go to it's in New York City you gotta audition for it but um, there's this school that that it that I really want you to go to Uh, it's really well known in New York and uh, I think you would have a great time there learning and honing your skills I guess she saw something in me so I was like I was like, yeah yeah okay whatever you know I brought I brought home the brochure showed it to my mom my mom was like yeah, you know why don't you just try auditioning for it well it's very supportive <clears throat> yeah yeah we, like it was it was <laughs> weird in that sense where it was like you know my, my mom would always be like, oh just go try something and if you don't like it then and then, then just don't do it but always always try first because you never know what what's gonna happen mm-hmm. so I was like hesitant at first. I was like, ah, you know, no, like, you know, this is just, you know, Miss McKay's um, recommendation. Like, I don't even know what what I want to do. And she's like, do you have any backups? Like, you know, is this what you really want to do? And I was looking into like culinary arts. Yeah, right. Because like, I don't have any patients in the kitchen. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just do culinary arts. But, um, uh, that was actually w- one of the things that that I applied for, so she uh, she gave the, the the recommendation paid the fifty dollars auditioned for it wow. thing, didn't, didn't, I, I auditioned i was like i didn 't think anything of it. I was like okay all right let 's just uh, let 's just put gather all my nerves and, and all that nervous energy and just and just store it and, and just put it all out there and if i don 't get it i don't get it right and mm-hmm. I was auditioning for the Ryerson uh, drama program. Mm-hmm. George Brown and the Humber. Wow. So those 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 three, which which were like the top three yeah. like, you know, for, for, for drama. And I was like And then letter after letter after letter I was like, Oh man, maybe this isn't for me, right? Like maybe this, this whole drama thing isn't isn't for me like uh, you know and then and then we're talking about like maybe I might have to you know repeat a year and do my victory lap and and find what I what my interests are in, in school and get an actual like you know real good grades and then and then go to a good university and then hopefully end up with a, a well paying job and and live a comfortable life if I make enough money right but mm-hmm. um but like that that was that was kind of like the discussion that my parents were you know, ended up going into, it. and we we were having the, like like this intense conversation, and then the phone rings, and the phone the phone starts ringing, she picks up, I'm like in tears because like like I'm thinking about my future, I'm like I'm I'm probably gonna be stuck doing something I don't want to do, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like I'm like crying, <laughs> I'm in tears, and then all of a sudden, uh, my mom picks up the phone, is like, yeah, this uh, I'm looking for Timothy, right? And I'm like, holy crap, I'm crying right now, like I can't, what like what is going on? So I'm like, okay, wipe off the tears, uh, <clears throat> and and then uh, I, you know, I, I, I speak and and I'm like, I was like, I like, yeah, uh, hi, and then it's like, hey, uh, this is um, Chip, um, Killingsworth, uh, from, from Amda, New York. Yeah, we uh, we so we reviewed your audition video and, ah, uh, man, I I I just really want to say, um, you're accepted into the program. Right, But there was like a huge, 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 huge pause before that, right? Because he went like, ah, right? And I was like, oh, no, not, not more heartbreak. And then he's like, you're accepted into the program. I was like, wait, what? Like at that moment, I was completely speechless. My mom saw the look on my face go from like crying to like there's like a spark uh, in my eyes. And I was like, uh, and then she's like, she's like, what, 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 what? so we're talking on the phone i'm like oh thank you thank you thank you thank you so much and he's like yeah i'll just uh, send you emails you know with the, the application form and everything just get you know get the sign and, and blah blah blah, all this stuff done and and you know we'll get you processed and stuff like that hang up the phone i tell my mom i'm like mom i got accepted <laughs> she's like oh great okay all right cool how much is tuition <laughs> i'm like oh
0: my god was it expensive so,
2: Yes, yes. For international students, it was really expensive. It was, like, we were looking at about, like, 30... At at the time, it was about 30 grand uh, a year. Oh, my God. And how many years was it? Uh, Two years, thankfully. Um, But, yeah, it was was something crazy, like, 30 grand a year, and we had to get OSAP, which luckily got approved. And then also, like, big ups to my grandmother. Again, rest in peace. But, like, she paid for, like like half of that. Wow. Yeah. So I was, I was lucky in that aspect to, to have, to have that. And my my grandmother was like, you're going to be a star. You're going to, you know, uh, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to buy me a house. You're going to buy your mom a house. (laughs) You know, all this stuff. Right. And she's like, I'm investing in your future. I'm investing in my house. Right. I'm like, okay. All right. That's, you know, that's, that's the, you know, traditional Grandmother, Asian grandmother, thinking is like you buy me. Well, you make a lot of money. You buy me a house. You buy me. You know, you buy your mother a house, right? That's that's how. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> how I do. Uh, so, so she's like, yeah, I'll pay for half of it. I'll pay for half of it because she, 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 like my grandmother, although being traditional in 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 that sense, and and she was you know up until up until her passing, but like. There was some parts of her where she was actually very like open-minded like in terms of like me going into the arts like she was never about like like oh you should be a lawyer you should be a doctor it was like she was very open and was like oh you want to you want to be an actor oh yeah 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 you know go for it like i'll i'll pay i'll pay for half of it and so the next thing was whether or not to go to the L.A. campus or the New York campus and I had my sights set on L.A. I was like, oh, L.A., Hollywood, that's where it's at, the big movies, I'm going to be on the silver screen, oh man, people are going to see me, you know, I'm going to prove everybody wrong that's ever doubted me. But then my mom was like, no, 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 no. what are you doing? This is musical theater, you should go to New York, that's where Broadway is. I'm like, what is New York City? What is Broadway? Like, I've never heard of these things before. I've never heard of New York City. I've only seen it on TV, but okay, like New York. Okay, you know, all, all I remember is like that huge, you know, bridge, and then and then the the twin towers and the Statue of Liberty. Like that's that's that was pretty much was pretty much it. So <clears throat> I was like, okay, all right. She's like, the reason why I want you to go to New New York is because it's. We're, we can drive there. It's it's easy for us to go down there. If you're ever in trouble, we can, you know, come down and grab you and whatever, right? Yeah. That's fine. And, and it's easier travel for you to come back as well. But in LA, there's no way that they're driving down there. They're, there's no way they're spending extra, X amount of money on, on plane tickets back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, go to New York. It's, it's closer. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. I'll go to New York and chose the New York campus and then ended up going there. And
0: So, how was it? How was was, living and going to school in New York?
2: Oh, man. Living in New York was, like, an experience of a lifetime. And, like, there's there's just nothing like it. And the first time going there, because growing up in, like, North York, you know, suburban, you know, like, type type of, like, environment, I was like, holy crap. Like, and, and, like, going, you know, like occasionally going down to like downtown toronto was like oh, okay all right cool it's it's bustling but like new york city was like bustling bustling it mm-hmm. was like like just just nothing like it it was like holy crap like what everything is it's it's like toronto on steroids <laughs> it's like what yeah. you, what, you, what you see in toronto it's like it's like that but like on drugs you know like holy what is this, you know, and so fast-paced, like, you know, and it's, uh and the city, and, like, the first time I got there, the first day that I, I got to New York City, it was just kind of like this, this blind thing where I know somebody, because my mom, uh, my mom's friend, um his daughter lives in New York, so we kind of had, like, a little, like, you know, meet up, get together, and she kind of showed us around the subways and stuff like that, and, and, uh, was like yeah so it's it's actually pretty simple you get off at this station blah 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 it's in a grid system so it's it's pretty easy to navigate so the first day the first day that I, I i got there got off the mega bus took my luggage like maybe like three or four like things and just like hauled my ass up all the way up to the student dorms so getting off at like you know some somewhere between like 20 I think it was like 23rd or, or 34th Street, somewhere between there, and then I had no idea, you know, about the, the subway or whatever, like even though I was briefed about it before. I walked. I was like, if I just head north, I know I'm going to end up on 70-something street. I <laughs> yeah. ended up walking like something like crazy, like, you know, 30 to 50 blocks. It was like, but it was, it was one heck of an experience. Along the way, I was like asking people. I'm like, hey, like I'm trying to get to this address. Like, you know, uh, this this is my student dorms. I'm going to this school. Like, do you have any idea where the student dorms are? One guy was was very nice enough to to tell me. He's like, actually, you know what? Hey, you know, you just just keep just keep going. Two more blocks. So you can make a right, and then and, and, and you'll see it. Okay, so get there. Finally, get get all checked in. You know, moved into my dorm, settled down, and then like. Three days later was was when was when classes start and it was like mm-hmm. just try to meet everybody as as much as many people as as I can so that it was like hey like let's be school buddies so we can just walk to walk to class and, and all that stuff and yeah so it's a uh, musical
0: theater school
2: yeah yeah it was a musical theater school. meant now. to prepare you for Broadway for Broadway
0: yeah so kind of uh, I guess what kind of classes did you have
2: so the classes that we had was um, was like music like musical theater uh, class uh, so we would have like three three classes of music like musical theater where we learned to to act a song hmm three acting classes and three like three dance classes and they, like they were all spread out throughout the week so so it was like we would have a music theater class like for example like Monday Wednesday and Thursday and then we would have a acting class like monday, tuesday, friday. And it is like all staggered like that and we would have dance like almost every single day. We would have voice lessons every like thursday for example and like uh voice and voice and speech class and text class and just <clears throat> a bunch of things just to get you ready for for the big stage uh, essentially. Right. Um,
0: was there yeah. any training for film?
2: Uh no. So so there was very 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 little training for TV and film uh, mm-hmm. we got some at our in our final year where um, a teacher was just like well this is you know this is a an essential tool that you'll need you know coming out of, of school because you know uh, there's gonna be some series filming here but this is all you'll need really need to know uh, <laughs> just for you know for camera just just be just be smaller you know that they say just just be smaller, tone it down, blah yeah. blah, blah. And uh, so you know, we, we just had like a few classes where she took some scenes from like, like sitcoms and dramas and whatever, and ju- just gave it to us. And she was like, "Yeah, usually you know, with um, with film and film and TV, there's no there's no rehearsals prior prior to this. So just learn your stuff and and uh, get on. And I'm gonna direct you. So we you know we just did it, got on, and it was like, the, the stuff was like, she was like, you know. Uh, yeah just uh, at this at this point you know just don't be too too like loud because you you, you know it's th- there's going to be a mic you know, there and it's just going to be capturing your voice and all that stuff <clears throat> but they didn't really prep you for TV and film it was literally like for Broadway it was like mm-hmm. we're getting you ready for 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 the big stage like and then this little thing is just in your back pocket, in case you ever need it, this just like a little reminder. Like if you're ever gonna do film, like, did you, you know, guys?
0: Like, did you guys put on shows?
2: We did, yeah. So we had a year end, uh, not year end, like but like a graduation showcase. Oh. Um, so we would have a, a play showcase, um, in the first half, and then uh, a musical showcase in the second half. Yeah so it was like a selection of pieces and we would put it all together and there would be a theme and then and then we would showcase it to and and this was when like agents and like casting directors and uh like it was open to, finally open to the public cuz before then like we we were not allowed to to showcase anything that um to the public uh mm-hmm. because we were still you know working on our craft and so this was like for the first time it was actually open to the public to to showcase our like our talent, and so they would do in the in the musical showcase they would take musical pieces from different shows and 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 uh, be, see like where your strengths are and see where your weaknesses are and and they'll try to they'll try to give you pieces where you're weak at so that they can they can work with you on it so that you uh, at uh, when it comes time to present it it'll look like you're strong at that piece. So they they really they really worked on your your weaknesses like where your weak points are they're like we're going to we're going to take that you're going to be really uncomfortable with it but uh, it's going to look great. Mm-hmm. But,
0: so your tap dancing, did you discover it in school like your love for it?
2: Yes. So the first um, time that we had tap was um, like we had this placement thing right where like they, they needed to place us in uh, different levels to see where where we where, where we were at like in in terms of like dance levels so like the first thing was ballet which I was like okay I've never done ballet um, but I've always actually wanted to but I'm like okay like this is this is weird position like what is this first position fifth position it's really uncomfortable I don't want to do it um, you know and I was in like lowest lowest level for that lowest level in jazz because I I Choreography was like you know I was like what is this and then but like tap dancing was different like it was for some reason it was just like I I got I had like this natural thing of picking it up I'm like okay so this was this step step heel heel and I'm like okay that thing's called a shuffle I can I can kind of do that and and so uh, during placement they were like okay show us anything you know that the show us something. Uh, Show us, like, a skill of uh, in tap dance that that you know. I was freaking out because I was like, what the heck, you know, like, so I'm, like, channeling. I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember watching um, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, he tap dances in that. And so, like, what are some of the moves? So, like, I, I recalled some of, the, like, the basic moves that I, I just seeing him do, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can... I can do that I was like I was like, okay yeah so if I do like you know some toe taps here and like some heels and pretend like I'm you know I'm actually like doing it they might you know place me in 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 a in a better thing so they ended up placing me in like w- the highest level of tap dancing Wow I'm like what the heck is going on because like I've never ta- <laughs> I've never tapped before in my life so cut to like I'm I'm like the first day in tap class I'm like, uh, the teacher is like, okay, yeah, so we're going to just be doing pullbacks across the floor. I'm like, pardon me, what? What, what are those? <laughs> right? So he's like, you know, he's demonstrating it. And I'm like, okay, let me try. And I'm like, I'm just making scraping sounds like my feet are not coordinated. Mm-hmm. So I'm like frustrated after this first class. I'm like, I, got I have so much work to do. Like I got to go back to, to the dorms and work. And luckily there was another... There was um, uh, like higher ups that were living in the same dorms as us, and uh, he was a really advanced tap dancer. And he was like, uh, and they were saying like, oh yeah, there's there's uh, guys, there's like this Asian kid like who who's placing like the highest tap level. Like you know you should like you know check him out and stuff like that. I was like I was like what like like no I'm not I'm not like I'm not a tap dancer, but like the the guy was like nice enough to like help me out. And he's like okay yeah so for, for these so I basically learned the tricks. Like, all these, like, tap dance tricks way before I even learned the, the basic stuff. So uh, uh. going going back into class, I, yeah, I was able to do the the pullbacks and, like, I was able to do the one 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 footed pullbacks and all that stuff. But when it came down to, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a shuffle, we're going to do a flap, we're going to do, like, a, a flap ball change, those things, I was like, what? <laughs> like, the easier things was, like, you know, like, the, the things that I, I just mentioned, and I was like, I don't know how to do those. Shoot. So it was a bunch of, like, struggling in that class. And the teacher saw that I, I, I was kind of, like, not keeping up. But they also would not, like, kick, bump you down to a lower level unless mm-hmm. you were, like, actually, like, a noob. Like, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. If, if the next day they don't see improvement on the things that they've taught you, then they'll, they'll be like, okay, yeah, clearly like he was placed in the wrong level. But like I was actually like slowly picking things up and I was improving and they saw my progress and, and then I just found like a, a joy and, and I just found like like I had untapped talent for tap. It's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was so, like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, it was like um ever since then I was like, oh man, like tap dancing, like it's so cool. Like I I wanna I wanna embrace that for the for the rest of my life. So that's where I found my gift for for TAP, I guess.
0: So after graduating, what'd you do?
2: After graduating, um, lived there for for a year, like like actually out on our own, um, not living in dorms anymore, had to find a a part-time job. What'd Uh, you do? uh, So my first part-time job out was an usher at a uh, thing called the Manhattan Movement and Arts Center, actually, which was just one block down from where our school was. Oh. Um. So it was introduced to me via a, a higher up that graduated and, and became a, a manager there, like super fast. She was like, "Graduated, okay. Now I'm a manager at the you know Manhattan Movement and Art Center." And uh, you know, speaking to her, and she she happened also to be from Toronto. Oh wow! From the, from the beaches area, and she and like we we had that bond, and and uh, she was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I'll be able to get you a, a a job here as as an usher." Yeah, like. And they were at the time they were paying they were paying at eleven eleven dollars an hour, so it was higher than, than what the minimum wage was there, and also mm-hmm. in Toronto uh, from what I remembered because yeah. went because when I went down um, in 2009, I think the minimum wage was something around eight or ten or something like that mm-hmm. eight nine or uh, eight or nine something like that something. Um, but yeah, and it was, it was paying like higher than, than the minimum wage. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. So like living on our own and and just hustling and grinding and every morning. And we were, I was living also with like four other people in a two bedroom. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were luckily like we were all, we were all actors and, uh, we, we just kind of like we were all people that was just like, we don't mind small spaces like as long as, you know, we're, we just, you know, keep, keep this place clean uh, or as clean as we can keep it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just don't, you're not allowed to bring anybody <laughs> over because the place is just way too small. So we had a system going on where auditions, we would, um, it, it was like, it, it's, it's basically most, most, is a uh, open uh, open calls. So you would line up. You would line up. Put your name down at like the you know early early morning, and you would you would put down your name, and uh, and it was that was the unofficial list. And so if if you went there at 10 a.m. when they opened, and you were number 52 on that on that list,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're you're there for a while. You're you're there you're there for a while, right? And so. Um, a lot of people would actually like wake up like super early like 6 a.m. 7 a.m. just to run down put their name on their list go have breakfast next door or go back home and then rest and then wake up at 10 and and hopefully they still honor that that unofficial list Mm -hmm. um so we had a system where it was like Monday Zach you're going Tuesday Benny you're going down you know like so like we had we had like this schedule where like we're just putting all like our names down and everybody else there auditioning for that our names down and then so we would all just wake up at 10 and we would all go down we would all audition and then go our separate ways and that was that was kind of like how how we did and then um, I think uh, close to the end of of, uh, my time uh, before my my uh, visa expired Mm -hmm. I uh, I was fortunate enough to have landed my first off-Broadway gig. Amazing! Which, what show was that? Uh, it was called um, Shanghai Lils and it was Ooh. like a it was a small uh, production, and it was a like an Asian cast. And it was at that actually, it was at that time where a bunch of um, advocates, like advocates, were in the show alongside me, and and they were really pushing for like Asian American representation on the stage and like Mm -hmm. this was all like outside of like rehearsal this was like all they would do they would like you know just be like hanging out with with Asian American performers and like having you know gatherings and in Central Park and like having dim sum and and just like just hanging out together and just being in each other's company and it was through that that I found a a passion for, for that fight and for that for that advocacy as well too that I was like like seeing them so together like that where it's it's like this this huge this huge community huge but it's also small community of people coming together just just gathering and just having one purpose of hey represent us you know see us see us as more than just stock characters see us as as leads you know on the Broadway Mm -hmm. stage and this was this was even before they started pushing for you know like um, having Miss Saigon on Broadway and The King and I on Broadway and then it was this ultimate movement that pushed Lin-Manuel Miranda to have uh, Hamilton cast as like n- not predominantly white but people of color so it was like it, so so with, that, with this off-Broadway show like I got to know a bunch of Asian-American actors that I, I got to be really good friends with and I was like through there I learned so much about like, why representation matters and and what it, what it is that we're fighting for. And we're not just, like, you know, we're not, you know, fighting because we're jealous. We, we, we're fighting for, for equality, right? Like, how mm-hmm. other many, like, people from, like, other minority groups are fighting for equality, right? Like, so through that, like, I learned so much about about that representation because growing up watching, like, TV, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, it looks pretty normal that, you know, that, so it's a white person on uh, yeah on on that movie and, and this other white person on this movie and it's like I never really thought about like oh yeah it is important to have that you know representation where that one movie of um what was it with um jet Lee and uh what's her name um Romeo must die or something like that oh. jet Lee Romeo must die uh, I forgot what the actress name was anyways she was a black actress and it was uh, Jet Li in a lead male role, right? And watching that, I was like, I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like, I didn't realize that that was like a huge thing. Like that, this, like that, was the movie that was often referred to uh, when they were when they were in like town hall meetings, where it's like, we see Jet Li and we see Aaliyah, you know, uh, Aaliyah on screen, two people of color playing lead roles having representation and that it was just like yes it was somewhat of a martial arts movie but if we took the martial arts elements out of it it was a love story it was Mm -hmm. like why can't why can't there be a like you know a love story with with the people of color telling that story and so like they would always bring up that that was the pinnacle movie that was like that movie that was like shoot like we gotta strive to do do it like that right take Mm -hmm. the martial arts element out of it or put it in doesn't matter at the end of the day uh, we could tell a story without, without having, you know, using the stock, you know, Caucasian characters for the same uh, roles. Right. So from that point on, like I started attending all these meetings with them, and and like really just like being part of part of their community, and got that um, sense of, and and once I became part of that community, auditioning for other roles became gave me gave me different insight where because because then now now it became like oh i got into a chorus line as a character and i wasn't i wasn't just a i wasn't just a like ensemble member right like before <laughs> i was like oh i'm just an ensemble member because maybe they're like oh we just need to fill the code out we need an asian right but it was like that turning point where i'm like okay now i'm starting to see like oh i'm gonna i'm, I'm in roles i'm not Um, just doing I'm not just doing an ensemble because I needed to be filled and if they were looking for an ensemble member I wanted to you know make sure that it was like like are you you know are you looking for for like my skill as an ensemble member or are you trying to fill a quota right right and if I if I see in the cast that there's like okay there's me and like three other Asian people in the ensemble then I'm like okay like so why couldn't you have moved one of us, you know, in one of the character roles? And but like at that time, it, it's it's more just like okay, I found so, you know solidarity within 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 uh, the ensemble. It's like okay, they're they're not just being cast because because of stereotypical reasons. It's because we're needed as you know voices for the ensemble. Because mm-hmm. I have I have a singing bass singing voice, and they really need a bass, right? Right. And so. Uh, a lot a lot of times they're like we're looking for a bass we can't find any if i was put in the lead role and i had to sing you know like the ensemble bass part it just wouldn't make sense right or if i was put in like a character, secondary character role and i had to sing the bass part it just wouldn't make sense so they ended up having to you, you know actually use us for those specific reasons where i'm like okay now that doesn't matter as much to me as you just want to fill the quota just because i'm asian right so I, I learned I learned so much from that experience, and then coming back to Toronto, I kind ca- I carried some of that with me uh, uh, to Toronto, and I was I was very very adamant and gun- gung ho on like really starting like like an Asian Canadian like theater company, which I at that time I didn't know that Fujen actually existed. It is, yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to start this, and they're like, yeah. Have you checked out Fujen by the way? I was like, oh. Well, okay. There goes my there goes my my plans. Well, Did you like, work with them? No, I never. I've never worked with Fujen actually. I would love to work with Fujen. Fujen, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> cast
0: Timothy because he's amazing. <laughs>
2: um, but no. Um, so I actually no. I have I have auditioned for Fujen. I think like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never worked with them. Uh, it would all. It would be. It would be completely like awesome to to, to work with Fujen. Um, but yeah, so like that, that fight, I, I guess I still have, uh, you know, a bit, of, a bit of that in me. But, but now also because times have changed, there is now representation on that. So, so now the conversation has shifted a, a little bit to, to something, you know, different, uh, to, more of like, uh, to more of like equality now, it's where, where it's <laughs> like being more inclusive rather than, than being like, oh, I just need to see uh, uh, an Asian face in the in a lead role right right or now now it's more about like like the equality of, of, of things rather than like just being like yeah I, I just need to see that one Asian guy as a lead role like a romantic lead and you know I'll be happy blah blah, blah all that right that, that so the fight now has has shifted but no I so I I took that with me because that was that was a very important uh, aspect in my in my journey I guess mm-hmm.
0: so as part of your journey why or how did you make the transition from stage to film
2: okay so the journey from stage to film was actually i guess it also it also starts back into um when i came back to toronto uh after new york uh, i uh went to i went to the randolph academy Mm because i was like i don't know anybody in in toronto like I was like, I don't know any actors. I don't know any directors. I don't know casting directors. I don't know anybody, anything about this industry. Like, where do I start? So I jumped back into Randolph Academy, uh, looking to make some, you know, connections and stuff. So there are <coughs> a theater school as well? Music theater, yeah. Okay. So <coughs> with with Randolph, uh, we did. It was it was like a it was like a lesser version of of Amda. It was like like, Amdo was like, again, Amdo was like Randolph, but on steroids. Like, you know, right. you had like three acting classes uh, a week, three music theater classes a week, you know, three tap classes a week, three ballet classes, three jazz classes a week. Like, it was it was that intense, right? Uh, whereas Randolph, it was like, you would have an acting class, one acting class a week, and, you, you know, that's what you would be working on, and one music theater class a week, or something like that, right? Or Or two a week. But like, Going, going in, going back in. I was like, "Oh, this is this is familiar stuff that I'm uh, that that I know. Like this is this is all familiar stuff." But what they offered was TV and film, which was like only like again like a semester of it. Mm-hmm. But it was more. There was more information given out during that um, time that I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. They're actually teaching us stuff about like you know TV and film and." Analyzing a script and how to apply our theater technique into into TV and film and how uh, and like how this film teacher was like saying like there's nothing there's no difference with theater acting and TV and film acting and and that that you know that struck a chord with me because I was like, yeah like what is the difference between theater acting and, and TV and film acting it's they're, they're both just acting right mm-hmm. like Yes, there, it, You know, it's it's more subtle, but at the end of the day, it's you know still acting. Like you can still be subtle on stage, right? Yeah. Um, and you can also be big on screen, right? There's no such thing as big and small. Uh, he was just like, if you're an actor, you're an actor. You're if you're an actor acting for the stage, you're acting for the stage. You're that's your setting. And if you're acting for TV and, and film, you're acting for the camera. And so, from that point on, I kind of took an interest in, in uh, TV and film. I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is this is something uh, interesting. But at, it, it was still kind of put at the back of my mind. I was like, I'm, I'm still really focused on, like, music theater and theater. Like, I want to just do theater and, and eventually make my way back to New York and, and do Broadway. Like, Broadway, uh, still the ultimate goal. But, like, TV and film wasn't something that was like, ah, you know, Okay, I wanna, I wanna do, you know, I wanna be on, you know, uh, a series, or I wanna. That wasn't like the first initial reaction. It was more like, yo, I wanna, I wanna learn this. I wanna grind music theater. I wanna do theater, and mm-hmm. I wanna make my way back to New York and go on Broadway. Like that was, that was like my, my ultimate goal.
0: So when did the transition come?
2: Uh, the transition came when close, closer to closer to graduation. Um, where we was starting to like, where they were starting to say more about like, you know, like the prominent casting directors. Like this was like, like our career like class, like one semester of career class where they were like, yeah, so this uh, casting director Stephanie Gorin, you know, she's um, she's like she's big, and you know she casts for a lot of Mervis shows, but also she, she, cast- she casts for a lot of TV and film as well. So you got to be well versed in TV and film as well as, as you, you just, you simply, like, you can just, you know, just be a, a the- music theater actor, that's, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, it's better to be well-versed, right, to be able right. to do both, so I was like, okay, maybe I, I, I should give this TV and film thing uh, a try, and um, luckily enough, I was spoiled um, that I was, I was signed with, with an agent, like, in my fifth, in my fifth uh, term. Wow. Uh, so like uh, we we have we have we have six terms in 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 Randolph. I got signed in my fifth term, so I was like, okay, well, um, I guess I'm I guess I'm lucky. I'm I'm spoiled. I have an agent already, and but my agent was uh, predominantly a TV and film agent. Right. Um. And they they were like they would submit me only to the big theater things. So like you know Stratford and Shaw and. Um, uh, Mervish, uh, you know, if they ever held auditions, like, um, but, yeah, it was just, like, the big major stuff for theater, and the other stuff would be, like, you would have to find it yourself, but TV and film was, was their thing, where it was, like, yeah, I'm sending you out for this commercial audition and, and this TV series and this one. And because doing that, you know, all the time, I'm like, I'm like oh, okay, well, this, this TV and film thing is, is very intriguing, like, I'm actually kinda liking this. Like uh 'cause like with theater, you know, you're like, well, okay, so I gotta I gotta go in and I gotta do a ten to five rehearsal every single day. And and I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about it. Like don't get me wrong. Like this like I love that whole process. But like there's another there's a different process of like, oh wait, like I can I I just show up on set and I do this in a different order like i don't have to go through like the top of the show to to make sense of all all these things like i can just i can just do like a snippet of this and like like the movie will just make sense or like the series will just make sense the episode will just make sense i'm like wait what right so i found that fascinating and and so i i i just wanted to do it more and I, so that was that was it like that was mm-hmm. the kind of like just the transition of being, just realizing like why not just be well-versed in both so that you can, you can do both so that I can do music theater if I wanted to, and I can do TV and film if mm-hmm. I wanted to, right?
0: So since, I guess, graduating and then doing film and television and commercials and all that, have you, because I noticed, for example, you were part of the Sixth Asians group, you uh, were part of the team that did Mayflowers. So I would think you're taking your advocacy that you first uh, discovered in New York, I guess, to higher levels
2: over here. Um, I think I think it's uh somewhat uh, complicated. Um, uh, I I, w- I wouldn't say like I took it to higher levels, but like I or continuing it. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. In in I guess in some aspects, yes, but like I I've I have yet to like. I haven't been as as vocal as I I would have been, you know, like uh, as I was actually like three, four four years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Uh I haven't been as, as vocal. Um I think mainly because uh yeah, like times have changed and like people's stances have changed. And so now I'm I'm more of like observing but also like just having like, you know, little inputs here and there. Just because it's like um the the fight that I was fighting for is already somewhat happening. So there isn't really much of that, that fight for it, but that, you know, there, there is that like need of like, you know, reminder of being like, Hey, like y- you do realize that, you know, we being Asian actors just aren't, just aren't limited to doing Asian things like, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's the now. That's now the the, the fight. That's that's um, that's it's changed to where it's like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put you in a lead role, but it's in a, it's an, in an Asian story, which is like okay, cool. It's a story that needs to be told, but at the same time, like, can it be in a story that you know that's not an Asian story? That's you know we're Canadians, so can it be a Canadian story but have Asian in it? as mm-hmm. you know a lead or or as a secondary character or as like a recurring character like you know like so i think that's more that's more so like the fight now um whereas before it's like it's like no like i demand you know that that we see asians on on the stage on the screen and on the blah 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 all this stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah so but but with uh, joining um 60 asians uh Having that that group and and that that support of of uh, uh, like Asians in, in in this community of like you know just bringing everybody just bringing each other up and and just showing that support is um is very good and, and uh, I and I I um like really appreciate that that um, the the Mayflowers team um, actually you know had had us all out as, as like. An Asian group to do something uh, where it wasn't an Asian story, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, like we could we could play the lead role, we could play the villain, we could play, you know, we could do all sorts of things. We could fight. Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, you know, we <laughs> we we ended up getting the martial arts genre, but like, if we didn't get the martial arts genre, we we probably still would have been able to, you know, make a stellar stellar uh, film, right?
0: And for the listeners who don't know what he's talking about, uh, he's talking about getting the genre for the forty eight hour film festival.
2: yes, competition forty eight hour film festival. Yep. Yes yeah, all right. So
0: moving forward, what kind of plans do you have for when the industry comes back after the pandemic is over?
2: Uh, yeah, so <laughs> moving forward, yeah. um well, first, uh, looking for an uh, for a new agent. Uh, mm-hmm. My agent uh, now is going into retirement. Um, so yeah, uh, looking for a new agent would be the first step. But I do want to, you know, hit the ground running once this pandemic is done, and and just really just go hard and and grind and um, really put my skills back on, onto, onto display for for everyone to see. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, and, and, and I really, like, want to look forward to going back to do more, more theater because the past, I feel like the past uh, two years, it has just been grinding for TV and film, and mm-hmm. uh, I kind of lost that... Um, that uh touch for for theater so i do want to go back into that you know theater and hopefully get into a rehearsal room where i'm where it's 10 to 5 rehearsals every single day and you know just yeah so that's that's what i'm i'm looking forward to after the this pandemic is
0: over i certainly hope you get into a show i would definitely go and watch i'm sure nights you will as well
2: yep well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I hope,
0: I hope so too. And, and yeah. All right. So Knight, do we have any questions from listeners for Tim?
1: Yeah. One of our listeners wants to know what you've been eating while at home.
2: What, <laughs> what I've been eating.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're so caring.
2: Wow. Okay. A um, very thoughtful question. Yes, that is, that is very thoughtful. Uh, also, um, also thank you for, for asking that, um, uh, you know, as, as, all Asians in the household. The predominant question is, "Have you eaten yet?" <laughs> and uh, so, uh, <laughs> did you eat yet? Uh, did you, you know, uh, have you had food? Um, come and eat. You know, that's that's the that's parents' way of, of you know, saying that they, they love you is, "Come eat, come eat dinner." <laughs> uh, but no. So, what I've uh, what I've been eating at home uh, just been. I actually have been. Juicing and trying new things. Uh, Just got a uh, uh, yeah juicer um, for the new year and uh, been been trying out juicing, um, eating. uh, I've actually been eating more um, uh, plant foods uh, and really just yeah just vegetables and making soups, noodles, pasta. My favorite thing actually to to make is is simple like pasta just. Put it in, the, boil it in the water, and then drain out the water. Put the uh, pasta sauce in there, just mix it up. Like, make some sacrilegious, sacrilegious pasta. Like, that's what, that's what yeah, I love okay. making. Um, what and is? Then,
0: oh, yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the question? Oh, what is one
0: juice recipe you could recommend to our listeners?
2: One juice recipe? Oh, I just, you know what? I just throw together random stuff, but. Um, i personally love uh lemon carrot ginger um so i usually mm. throw in i i usually throw in about like four four to five carrots two lemons and then like a small little nub of of ginger and like that's like good to go for me like Sounds that's amazing like, that's like you're you're like you know hopped up on like vitamin c a b d through z you know like like that's um i I feel like, yeah, f- from that like is is good is good for the immune, especially at this time, you know, like you gotta keep your immune system strong, right so, no, absolutely, so like yeah, so like having like a juice like that would would definitely help with the immune system, especially with like you know the the ginger is a is an immune booster for sure, the lemon you know vitamins you're hopped up on vitamins. Uh, carrots just over you know generally nice sometimes if I have spinach i 'll throw some in there uh, sometimes i 'll switch it up put put like maybe one or two apples i 'm just like a uh, like random guy uh, just like to experiment with food uh, as much as <laughs> as much as i don't have you know patience in the kitchen, I do love having fun with with uh, food and experimenting with that
0: Mm-hmm. Does uh, does that juice also help you grow your facial hair? That nice, <laughs> sexy beard of yours? Oh
2: man, that, that facial hair!
0: Uh, You're bringing I, it know, back around, man.
2: Oh man, you know what? That that uh, I think that um, uh, I, th- I think the, the myths that I've been <laughs> the myths that I've been telling people was like you know lots of rice. Uh, no, 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 I'm I'm, I'm kidding. Like uh, Asians eat rice, and, and you know some some of them don't grow facial hair, um, like me. But but like you know, um, see I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's just I think it's just uh, like uh, I want to. I, I mean I want to say it, it is food related, but <laughs> I can't think of anything right now to to, to make a myth and, and lie to the, the listeners about. So it's okay. It, I mean my 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 dad can grow facial hair, so uh, and my grandfather. On my nice. mom's side, could grow facial hair, so we are like very, I guess, facial hairy people. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm able. Oh, uh, I think I think one of the reasons why is my grandfather is, is um, he's he's from like northern northern China, ah, okay. and so I think that like the more of like the northern Chinese are able to grow facial hair because I, I guess they're like closer to like you know the the Mongols. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I think that's why, <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't know. It's 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 a it's a mystery to me because I'm like I'm looking at my other you know Asian brothers and I'm like why why do I have this weird like you know hair growing out like you know you don't have it sometimes like I feel like it's a blessing and it's a curse like yeah I can grow it out for specific you know roles and stuff like that but like I'm like you mean I have to go clean shaven to this audition which I might not even you know book. Like I have to shave this all off, two months worth of work. Like, oh man, right? So it's like it's a blessing that I can't, I have that to to grow and I can have that as a look. But like when they're saying you got to be clean shaven, I'm like, oh my god, that's you know that's 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 a job in in and of itself. Like that's like I can
0: only imagine. (laughs)
2: Like a whole day thing. So, I mean, it, it. I'm telling you, like, you know, some people are like, yo, know, I, I want to be able to grow facial hair like you. I want to, you know, I want to, like, you know, grow it big. But I'm, like, also, like, if you're ever, you know, being told to be clean shaven, that's all gone in, like, a snap of a finger and, like, you know, <laughs> and it's just for a small, tiny, tiny roll. Like, I would rather, I would rather not have facial hair and, like, look younger for, for those younger roles for a longer time rather than have to like work to be like, you gotta be clean shaven for this role. And like, okay. All right. When, when will I see this again? Oh yeah. Another two months. And then, you know, another two (laughs) months come by, you gotta be clean shaven again. I'm like, all right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's two, it's two different sides of the coin, but. So bringing
0: bringing this to a close, um, How can people connect with you online?
2: How can people connect with me online? Yeah. So I've got Instagram. Uh, You can search up uh, Timothy Lincoln Ng, Mm -hmm. T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-L-I-N-C-O-L-N-N-G, or on Facebook, Timothy Ng, T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-N-G. What else? I have Facebook. I have Instagram. Oh, and my website um, is NgTimothy.Weebly.com. Nice. Uh, yeah, i'm using site. a, am using a uh free yeah, free uh, uh domain for now until mm-hmm. i um i feel like i'm more established then i will start paying for my for their services
0: hopefully you'll be able to get timothy Ng. it took me like 10 years to get michaelchan.ca whoa yeah w- was there was
2: there a, was there already a michaelchan.ca before yeah
0: he's uh he was from hong kong oh yeah, I emailed him. I'm like, dude, what the
2: heck? <laughs> <laughs> You're not even using it. Yeah, pay me. No. <laughs>
3: wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, that's that's one of the that's one of the goals uh, would be to have my to have my own website so I can display. I mean, I have I have my my demo reel, you know, displayed on, on there, but like to have uh, like just a a domain that's just my name .dot ca or .dot com, you know so that it makes me feel a little more official. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, Timothy, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It was an absolute pleasure.
2: Oh, again, thank you for having me. It was a a blast. love uh, just sharing about myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, Knight, how can people find you online?
1: Y'all can find me on Instagram at knight.nwen.
0: And I am on both Instagram and Twitter as at Michael C. W. Chan. I also have a website, michaelchan.ca. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, stay home, stay safe, and stay,
1: stay hungry. hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. The music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at, at @twomf_podcast? Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry.